0: Dumelang Avusheni and hello, hi Zanzi. Ngakani here, and welcome back to Sisters Without Shame, a no holds barred podcast that is proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. I'm here to walk through your shame with you as you seek answers to those scary questions you are too afraid to ask about in public. I've got you through all those uncertainties, achy bones, and your heart's woes, babes. But it's almost February, as if our problems weren't many in Mzansi. Born at this side, it's Eskom. This side, it's going into global recession. Food prices are high. Our problems are just many, guys. And we're going to kick off the month of love on a bit of a more heavy note as well. With this letter from Anonymous down in Peter Maritzburg. They write, I was no angel growing up. When I was 20, I went to see a doctor because of the terrifying hallucinations I was having. He asked what drugs I was taking and I told him that I didn't do drugs and didn't do anything intravenously. Eventually, I grew up and now smoke marijuana once or twice a year and drink quality wine and beer regularly but in moderation. The apple, however, does not fall far from the tree, no matter how hard that tree tries to throw that damn fruit. My 13-year-old son is in trouble. He's been in and out of trouble for the last couple of years, going through phases in which he refuses to accept any responsibility or follow any rules. Drug tests and counseling show that he has been doing just about every drug he can get his hands on and stealing from us to get them. Despite the fact that he has been diagnosed as bipolar, there is almost nothing we as parents can do to stop this. We cannot watch him 24 hours a day. And even if we could, when he sets his sight on an objective, nothing short of physical restraint would stop him. What can I do to save my son? Sure, Anonza, my heart goes out to you. Our guest this week is social worker Denise Beer. Denise is the head of the South African National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence in George what are the symptoms or signs of over-the-counter pain medication addiction?
1: I think maybe just to start off to say where we can find over-the-counter medication. This can be purchased actually without a prescription. You can find it at pharmacies, at clicks, at your normal checkers, and we can pay those those places as well. It is easy to buy these medications, and also the abuse of over-the-counter medication often goes unnoticed. And I think because a lot of people, there's not that severe impact on the community as what it is actually more on your own health and your family directly. The abuse of over-the-counter medication is when you use more than what the recommended dose is, and also that you're using it more regularly than what was recommended. You basically crave that feeling that it gives you. And sometimes people also mix over-the-counter medications to get that experience of a high or the same or similar effect as what certain illicit drugs do as well. The most common over-the-counter medications, or I'm going to use the abbreviation, is the OTCs that's being abused is DXM, that's the dextromethorphan, which you find in a strong cough medication. These medicines is often containing antihistamines and decongestants in addition to the DXM. It's said that the feeling that you get from abusing the DXM is almost the same as cannabis. And then another substance is Imodium. Also contains lopidamide, which is also a substance of abuse. So the lopidamide is mostly found in anti-diarrheal OTC medications and it gives you almost the same effect as opioids. So it's a bit stronger, the DXM. And then we also get the Svatoephedrine, which is a congestant that has stimulant properties and is often misused by girls and women hoping to lose weight. So you can kind of almost compare it to the abuse of tick. And then you get diamond hydrinate, which is an ingredient found in motion sickness medication, such as dramamine, and it is an antihistamine that can cause feelings of intense inferior and even trigger hallucinations. The letter that we have received mentioned that the son is experiencing hallucinations as well. And that is usually when they're using it over a longer period or larger quantities of the medication.
0: Every time I have to take an anti-nausea pill, I get very sleepy. I don't like feeling out of control. It's a depressant, so it
1: suppresses your breathing and all that kind of things. Remember, when it comes to these kind of effects, it differs from person to person how your body reacts to it. So, like you mentioned, you will feel sleepy. For others, they will use tube tablets and they still feel fine. It literally depends on how your body reacts to it.
0: Can you tell me about the downsides of addiction to OTC medicines? To know if a loved one is abusing
1: OTCs, you can look at the signs, for example, like I mentioned, you're taking more than what the recommended dosage is and you're also used more frequently. You continue to use the medication even though the situation or health condition has been resolved. And also when they're drinking alcohol while using the medication, that's also a very good indication that they're looking for a stronger effect than what is actually supposed to be going on. And then physical signs, and this is part of the harms caused by OTC medication abuse, includes over or under eating, sudden gain or loss of weight, Change in your sleeping pattern, so you either sleep too much or too little, or you struggle to sleep while you want to sleep. Slurred speech, clumsiness, or even jerky movements. Other signs can also include, and this is how parents basically can see if their children is using, is secretive behaviors, hiding things and don't want you to be in their stuff. Paranoid beliefs that others want to hurt you or that they are against you. They might also experience memory issues or a loss of interest in things that they used to enjoy, or they change their group of friends. That is always one of the signs that you can look at. Or they become more isolated what they used to be. Other behaviour signs can then include angry outbursts, or crying, or that performance in school or at work is reducing or becomes weaker. Some of the side effects, and that's also part of the downside of OTC medication abuse, is you're excitable or they're often compared to HDID or fatigue or stomach pains that you might experience, sweating, vision changes, you have blurry vision, constipation, rapid heart rate, dizziness, nausea or vomiting, restlessness, It all depends on the substance that's being abused and how your body reacts to it. If we look at chronic or long-term OTC medication abuse, further effects that it can have is your memory loss, heart problems, kidney failures, liver damage, internal stomach bleeding, and also it increases your risks for stroke and high blood pressure, and then the worst end of the spectrum is death. When they want to stop using over-the-counter medication, they might also experience withdrawal symptoms or if there's a period that they have not used. And these withdrawal symptoms can include mood swings and anxiety, irritability, agitation and disorientation. And also then they experience the strong craving physically and psychologically to use this substance again just to address the withdrawal symptoms.
0: I think I'm too lazy to do drugs and things like that, just sounds like so much admin to go through.
1: Yeah, I know, once you get that feeling, it's kind of, you're chasing it the whole time because it it plays this specific role in your life and it's kind of becoming like a
0: crutch for some people. Yeah. Let's talk about opioids. What is an opioid and how do they differ from generic over-the-counter pain medication?
1: Opioid is usually a substance that is being derived from a plant and it's usually being used to treat severe pain. So basically what happens, it acts on the opioids in your brain that's already there because we have opioid receptors in our brains. So it acts on those receptors and it produces like a morphine-like effect that you get. And now you can understand in hospitals when they give the people the morphine, they actually have to control it. Otherwise, the person is going to push that button all the time. Now this substance is unfortunately very highly addictive, and it might also produce, in most cases it does, severe withdrawal symptoms. Now on the other hand, you have opioids that are chemically substances that can be extracted from the natural plant, so that's your opioids. Such as the poppy plant is the most popular one. And this includes your codeine, morphine, heroin, and your opioid itself. And then the -the over-the-counter medications is mostly created in laboratories and it is described as a synthetic drug. I used to, when I do my information sessions, I tell the people it's a man-made thing. So you create it in a laboratory or some chemical process. And even though it might then still contain opiate molecules such as the hydrocodone, hydromorphone and substance of abuse is the oxycodone. The difference is that the the one is more derived directly from the plant, where the other is more a chemical process that's taking place in a laboratory.
0: It's been in headlines. We've seen little Wayne even go to hospital. Can you tell us why is codeine and promethazine harmful? What are the signs that parents especially should look out for in terms of addiction to purple drink or lean?
1: That's unfortunately a thing we've seen often, especially even if you just walk in the streets, the children drinking the... So codeine and promethazine, which is actually an antihistamine, is combined medication that's usually being used to treat colds or flus and even allergy symptoms such as a runny nose, sneezing and cough. And it contains an opioid within that cough medication. Now, the danger of these substances is that it can slow or it can stop your breathing and then with the process of that then cause death at the end. So that is why it is so severely harmful. Over a long period of time, you might experience shallow breathing, drowsiness, lightheadedness, yet again, uncontrolled muscle movement. So you kind of lose control over your body when you're using this medication. And when this interacts with other drugs or other medication, it actually causes even more severe dangerous side effects in the process. So the potential overdose on these substances it's extremely high because if you think the children take a two-liter bottle and they throw in a whole bottle of cough mixture and then they just start drinking so they don't know the amount that they're actually getting in and if you stop breathing and you're experiencing heart problems severe consequences can happen so the purple drink like you say the lean as they call it it's a mixture of prescription coating cough syrup and soda or when the desired prescription syrup is not available So that's where the OTCs yet again come in. Cough medication is then used and sometimes they also add hard candy into the mixture. And I think that's just part of the flavor and to give more substance in the process. So the name of the purple drink comes from the color, the purple color of the coating medication, which it usually is. So typical signs, and this is part of what the parents can also yet again look for, of lean or purple drink abuse includes the memory issues, yet again forgetting things and whether it's short-term or long-term, a lack of energy, headaches, blurred vision, children often just trying to clear their eyes but they cannot manage to do so, dizziness, nausea and constipation. And then prolonged use can also lead to dental decay, weight gain, urinary tract infections, irregular heart rates and seizures. The main thing that I can suggest for parents is actually just to be aware of what is normal behavior for your child as you know your child. And when you discover these changes, just start looking out for these signs and symptoms.
0: I have a friend, he's 20, so he's been doing the lean thing since teens. And he was so mad that the other lady at the chemist didn't want to sell him cough mixture anymore. Like, pharmacists are aware now, what kids are doing. Yeah. Like, he got married, but like, she was just trying to
1: protect him also. And she's got the responsibility, she has to. I wish that, that South Africa's medical system also wants to be like, if you buy it, one chemist or pharmacy, you know, it's linked to the others and then they mm-hmm. can see. We talk about pharmacy hopping, where the person is moving from one pharmacy to another to get the medication. And I think just the fact that he's getting angry, is already a sign of withdrawal symptoms.
0: Yeah. And also, like, I mean, she's looking out for him because, like, then he won't be constipated.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So just (laughs) apart from the drowsiness effect is your other health issue. We can't open up our chests and say, okay, let me check if my organs are still fine. Mm. You find it out often only when it's too late.
0: And then our last question, you know, what are the risks of purple drink and how can you get help?
1: Coding is the main substance within it is consumed in large doses or for non-prescription use. It can have extreme harmful effects, as I have mentioned before. So in addition to those symptoms and signs that I have mentioned, a person can also experience euphoria, loss of coordination, dissociation, intense cravings and withdrawal symptoms, and the risk of overdose is yet again is very, very high. because you continue using, but you don't take note that even though you feel, okay, I didn't get the effect, your body is still reaching that point. In some way, it's just too much for the body to handle. The good news is that there is treatment available when a person is abusing or is addicted to these kinds of substances, even over-the-counter medication included in that. So various inpatient and community-based treatment centers are available. The best that I can suggest is that our listeners Make contact with the nearest Sankha office in your region. Sankar can I say, is a, a national body and they have offices. I think it's about 30 members where we stand now, and that's throughout our country. So find out because they will also link you to other resources that might be invaluable in your community where you can get help. We can also assist from outside, even though we are a community based organization. We can also refer people to inpatient centers and help them with the application process should they need inpatient treatment. And then, of course, in the garden route, we have Sankar Garden Route, which is us. We have our office in George at 044-884-0674. And our office in Mossel Bay can be contacted at 67 396 0844. And then also we have a Facebook page currently under the name of Sanka George. So yes, our listeners can also go and visit there and like our page, because there's quite interesting information that we share on that as well. Where people can find help is at the local hospitals and the clinics. I think they're also very resourceful and I think that's the main place where you get your medical treatment and not the medication that's abused, but the the medication to help you to stop using that. Just remember that addiction is preventable and treatable. At any stage in your life, I mean, we cannot always reverse the impact it has on your body, but we can help you to improve your quality of life. The only thing the person has to do is to admit that there is a problem And that he or she is willing to accept the help to do it. The main thing with addiction is it's not just a one-person issue. Yes, I'm the one that's using it and I'm getting probably the most damage within my body. Mm. But it's also my family and my friends and the community that I live in, the society Mm. that we function in. It just spreads throughout the spectrum. So the sooner a person can get help, the better for everyone around him or
0: it's like you know, family doesn't want anything to do with them anymore as well, and that's just and devastating.
1: It, yeah, it's very sad, and I and I understand where the families comes from because they've been trying and trying and trying, and the person just doesn't want to listen. But I think addiction is so much more complex than just purely the decision: am I going to use or am I not going to use? And that's kind of a talk for another day. Yeah, the person needs to set boundaries, which is what is acceptable and what is it not acceptable, and somewhere hopefully the person will then make that
0: choice to say okay but i don't want to lose my family so i will go for help thank you for joining this week's episode of sisters without shame denise now if you're looking for more on our conversation about managing over-the-counter medication addiction visit healthformzanzi.co.za. and dear friends remember if you are in a medical bind or just looking for a shoulder to cry on you can send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za. Alternatively, you can hit us up on WhatsApp on O six three six double three zero six two eight. I would never blue tick you babes. Addiction is a menace mzanzi. Please watch out for those signs of addictions in your family, amongst your friends, amongst people you know. I think what's worse for me is realizing that over-the-counter medication is just as harmful as street drugs. Denise laid out all those physical signs of over-the-counter medication abuse, which includes over or under eating, sudden gain or loss of weight, change in sleeping patterns, slurred speech, clumsiness or jerky movements look out for each other that brings us to the end of episode 78 of sisters without shame proudly brought to you by health form zanzim from me lulu makani have a great week and remember to show your girls some love by sharing this podcast with a friend